Twitter handle, Religion of Woke, all one word. Brown chicken, Chinese civil servant test, gow cow. So the rest of this podcast, I'm going to be talking about how Asians are, how white people are screwing over Asians to help black people. So I'm going to talk about affirmative action and black people first before we get to that part. So in 1978, a guy named Backy, Mr. Backy, was trying to get into the University of California Davis Medical School. And at that time, I think the school let in 100 people a year, and 16 of those slots were set aside for black people. So Backy sued. He said, you know, my test scores are better than those 16 black people you let in, so you should let me in. You know, what you're doing is racist. You're discriminating against me on the basis of my race. And I think back then, you know, like the idea of affirmative action was that, you know, America had really screwed over black people, you know, slavery and all that. And so we were going to do a few little things to, uh, whatever, try and, you know, make up for it or make it not, you know, whatever. If you're real mean to someone, maybe you should be nice to someone after that. I guess the point here is that this was because of like slavery and Jim Crow, uh, you know, that was the idea to try and do your feeble, do so, you know, a feeble gesture at uh, making up for those things. But anyway, so he sued, and so he got this 1978 Supreme Court case. Uh, it's like the Regents of the University of California versus Backey. And so the Supreme Court said, you cannot have quotas. But for reasons of diversity, race can be considered as one small, you know, this is what they say, one small aspect out of a large group of things that you're looking at, your applicants. Anyway, so the idea, you know, affirmative action, after that case, the only, the only, whatever, constitutionally valid reason for affirmative action after that case was because diversity is a good thing. And I think, like, you know, the first people who benefited from affirmative action were white women. Like, you know, there's all these schools that were, like, just for men and stuff, and then they're like, civil rights and affirmative action. All of a sudden, white women jumped in there, you know, doctors and lawyers. But anyways, after saying that, they're like, you can, you can go for diversity because diversity is good for education, which I believe if you look up studies of that, that is not a proven fact. But what it meant was that you cannot use affirmative action to try and make up for past wrongs, like basically period. So now the, you know, the black people who benefit from affirmative action today are like the sons and daughters of like Nigerian doctors. I mean, that's the stereotype, but it basically it's just the, it is not helping poor black people from bad neighborhoods. Those people, those people never get to get any affirmative action into a school. It's helping out, you know, it's people from well-off families get to go to a slightly better school than they would have otherwise. But anyways, so basically white people failed. We were trying to help black people. We failed. It's like, you know, there's the acronym, acronym uh, I think it's. ADOS or DOAS, it's uh, Descendants of American Slaves. So anyways, that's who should be getting helped, and it ain't. And that's a shame. Like, I think discrimination is just, I think that's unconstitutional. And it's certainly against the Civil Rights Act. Even discrimination against Asians and whites. But we f should figure something out to try and make up for what we did, you know, Pretty soon it's going to be 300 years after slavery and we still won't have made up anything. 
All right, let's talk about Asians. So I'm listening to a podcast. It's Quillette, and uh, they're interviewing a guy named Kenny Xu, X-U. I think that's a Chinese last name. Last name, and he's uh, he's talking about how Asians are in, like you know, in America that's going crazy about race stuff. Where do the Asians fit in? So he doesn't say this, but I'll say it. You know, where do they fit in? The answer is they don't fit in. They're a problem. You know, if you're trying to prove that white supremacy exists and you can't give a definition on it. Well, it's not good to have any non-white people who succeed in America. So they got this new thing, you know, while they're just making up concepts that have nothing to do with reality, they have to make up one for Asians. And it's white adjacency. You're white adjacent, you Asian. Which basically means, you know, if you do good in school and you have a successful career, then you're just as evil as a white person. White adjacent's pretty pretty interesting you know it's like white privilege white guilt we got all these white things whiteness i'd like to see a list of all the white words we got nowadays all right back to what the guy on the podcast is saying he said something interesting which is that you know if you're a if you're an immigrant who comes to america you're like this place is sweet i'm gonna work hard and i'm gonna succeed unlike i you know unlike the country i came from but after a few generations what you got is you know like who's going to harvard well it's a lot of Asian people. And, you know, in Harvard, everything Harvard is about is telling you how, you know, white people are evil and black people are good. And so then, even though there's tons of Asians going to uh, Harvard, what do they tell those Asians? They tell them they're part of white supremacy. And, you know, you're a young, impressionable youth. You're going to Harvard, and they tell you you're part of white supremacy. I mean, well, that's what they tell the white people at Harvard, too. So anyways, the Asian kids believe it also. It's like that term BIPOC, right? Black, indigenous, people of color. It's because they're trying to scrape off the people of color. People of color are not playing the game correctly. They're being too successful. So we want to, you know, basically, I guess it'll be bi. Eventually, it will be bi. And then, you know, those people of color who are succeeding, like Hispanics, they can go get effed. But, okay, so the guy says another interesting thing, which is that um, Asians support affirmative action. You know, or maybe it depends on how you ask the question, you know, like, do you support um, taking race into consideration in college admissions? Like, you know, if you ask Asians that, they will say yes. And the reason why is because they're unaware that Asians are the people who are being kept out. Right. They, they think, yeah, 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 I'm, I ain't white. They're going to let me in nice and easy. They're not aware. Most Asians are not aware that affirmative action is currently... Whatever, the crosshairs are on Asians the absolute most. And so this is not in this podcast, but I know that like if you ask black people if they support taking race into consideration in college admissions, they say they do not support it. And the reason why is because they think that people are trying to keep black people out, like, you know, affirmative action or whatever. They think Harvard is trying to not let black people in. So they're like, no, no, don't take my race into consideration. So basically, no one knows. What you know, unless you look it up, what admissions are. But if you if you tell them, oh, this one, you know, this uh, affirmative action is helping you and hurting you, all of a sudden they change their opinion to, you know, they like the things that help them and they dislike the things that hurt them. So they go into exactly how Harvard keeps Asians out. The Supreme Court made some rulings in the past, so you can't just say like, we can't do quotas. You can't be like. You know, say you're, you're, Harvard's letting in 10,000 people. They can't say, okay, I want 
a thousand blacks, a thousand Asians, you know, seven thousand whites, and a thousand Hispanics. You cannot do that. That's not allowed constitutionally. Well, basically, if a college takes any sort of federal funding, which they all do, then you can't do quotas. So they have to do something else. And really, they almost have to do something, I would say, meets the definition of racism. But the way Harvard does it is they got, you know, they got your, uh, you know, for undergrad, they got your SAT score. So that's one thing. They got your grades in high school. I think they also can take into account how good your high school is. So, you know, getting straight A's in a badass high school is better than getting straight A's in a POS high school. But anyways, if you leave it at that, uh, what you're going to get is a ton of Asians and no blacks. And you'll get some Hispanics, but not maybe not as many Hispanics as you want. Although Hispanics are starting to do really good, like in the University of California system. But anyways, you won't get exactly what you want, or anywhere close to what you want. You know, you I guess you know I guess colleges want. Uh, you know, I think there's America's 13% black, so they want 13% blacks. They want. Uh, I think America's like maybe 20% Hispanics. They want 20% Hispanics, and so on. I think you know maybe America's like seven to ten percent Asian, and they're getting like fifty percent Asian. They don't want that, anyways. So you got your test scores, you got your grades, and you know they also have some extracurricular activities in there. You know, did you play sports, whatever? But you know Asians do great on that too. They're like, okay, I know, I need to just play three sports. I need to be in the uh, model UN. I need to volunteer at a soup kitchen. Basically, you make a game out of these things, so kids go and do it. You know, kids who are good at playing these games, they're like, fine, I don't want to volunteer at a soup kitchen, but I guess I will, right? And then, unfortunately, like, black people are not volunteering at soup kitchens, and Asians are now, because you put that as a criteria. Okay, but anyways, so they add, they have this third category, which is called personality. Sounds racist as hell to me already. So anyways, you know, I don't know if the Asians that I've known uh, had bad personalities or not, but... Uh, you know, people who apply to Harvard, like the black kids, get super high scores. They have great personalities. And the Asians who apply to Harvard, apparently they have terrible personalities because they get terrible scores on personality. They, you know, there's basically you got three things. Scores, grades, and personality. I will say, I used to know this Japanese girl. Smoking hot. This is in college. And uh, she's the most demure person I've ever met in my entire life. Look up that word. But I don't think that makes her have, you know, that's not a bad personality. In fact, that was an interesting personality. Like I say, she stands out. Of all the people I ever met, she stands out as having a very interesting personality. I mean, you know, when they say they want diversity, obviously they don't mean, well, whatever. They only mean racial. But if you wanted, like, diversity of personalities, she would have fit the bill to a T. So this is interesting, you know. So they're talking about this personality thing. And the interviewer's like... You know, there's, whatever, there's concern in South Korea about kids who just study. They study all day long. They never leave the house, I guess, to, except to go to school. And they just study, study, study. Maybe they don't have good personalities. And so Xu says that uh, in China and then the countries around China, they have this, for centuries, they've had um, a test. In China, it's called the Gaokao. And this was basically determined your entire life. You know, if you get a high enough score, you go to college. Otherwise, you don't. And so at least for poor Chinese people, like, you know, that was seen as the ticket out of being a poor, poor Chinese farmer. 
you know, whatever, for a few hundred years. And I guess they still use the Gao Cow today. So that's an interesting thought. Basically, Harvard requires Asians to get like super high test scores compared to all the other races. And apparently studying for a test maybe gives you a bad personality. And then Harvard tries to keep you out because you got a bad personality. So it's like, it's like Harvard is creating the own, kind of creating the problem right there. You have to study to get in, but then you're gonna have a bad personality and we're gonna keep you out, you darn Asian. So they make an interesting point. This is, you know, this is the modern woke. How modern woke is different from the old days. But in the old days, you know, Harvard and the other good schools, they tried to keep Jews out. And people are like, you know, that's racist. But in general, like, America wasn't treating Jews good either. So people are like, that's racist. So basically... You can't you can't be mean to Jews outside of outside of college admissions, and you can't be mean to Jews within college admissions. That was the idea, but now because you know a lot of these Ivy League people, you know they're they're aligned with the Democrats and they're woke. Whatever these two things are no longer tied together. So you know so they might say uh, I'm against you know hate crimes. You know I hate hate crimes against Asians, but it's okay if you keep Asians out of Harvard. You know, and this is like, you know, woke white people, but this is also, you know, woke Asian people. And the idea is kind of like, take one for the team, you know, sorry, Asian person, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to do something here. So, you know, be a good woke person and uh, take one for the team, you know, you'll be okay, you know, so you don't get into one of the top 20 schools, you know, you're still going to go to a decent school and have a decent life. So just take one for the team. And the guy points out like the top 20 schools their endowments almost equal all the other schools' endowments put together. So basically, it's top 20 schools. Like, those are the rich and powerful and influential schools. So, you know, if you're really trying to influence the world, if you really want to make the world a better place and, you know, change public policy, well, you're going to have to get into one of those top 20 schools. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you'll be fine. I mean, obviously, you won't starve if you go to some state school. But, uh, whatever. It's not entirely fair to say, sorry, you can't go to one of the really good schools. And do like, you know, the absolute top-notch research they do at MIT or whatever. Maybe that was your lifelong dream since you were a kid. Alright, Shu doesn't put too fine a point on it. He says, you know, woke liberals are like, okay, Asians, you know, you're messing up the program by being a person of color and succeeding. So we need you to do something. We need you guys to say that no, you didn't succeed because your culture, uh, you know, puts effort into schooling at a high priority. We need you to say you succeeded because racist white people picked you up and made you good. You know, you're white adjacent and all your success is owed to white racism. Ouch, that's gotta hurt. And she says, um, because of this, woke Asians are actually some of the most woke people in the whole country. I think it's similar to like white people. It's like, you're racist. You know, you, you are benefiting from white supremacy. So then you better get pretty darn woke if you want to try and deflect that, you know, those accusations away from yourself. You better get real woke real quick. All right, now we're getting into some Asian crime stats. So crimes against Asians went up in 2020, but crimes against all races went up in 2020. 
And you know what? What you know? What are what are blacks and whites doing to Asians? Well, attacks on Asians: it's 28% black people, 25% white people. Uh, then there's some Hispanics, and uh, and then Asians themselves attacking other Asians. And so there's this uh, article that says that when a black person attacks an Asian, that's because of white supremacy. So I guess that's kind of the, you know, this is the get with the program, Asians, you know, white people are the bad ones. So how are we going to, how, you know, how are we going to fit you into that box so that we can all say that, you know, white people and white supremacy is the problem. And so that's one way of doing it, or at least an attempt. So I don't know if this is true, but basically Shu is saying that uh, poor blacks and rich whites, those are the people who dislike Asians. Poor blacks because they think that Asians are taking away business opportunities when they start a store, you know, in a black neighborhood. And rich white people don't like how Asians are taking all the slots in these good schools and making it harder for their kid to get in. Uh, she was talking about uh, different types of Asians. This is all East Asians. These are all, all close to China. But anyways, some of the people, you know, some of the Chinese people, like, they may be like the richest people in China who come over here and most educated. But apparently after the Vietnam War, a bunch of Vietnam refugees came over here and they were like, whatever. They were not rich and doing well in their previous country. They came over here, they had absolutely nothing and didn't speak English. And within one generation, their kids were getting into schools, going to college at a higher rate than white people. All right, now they're talking about... Um, the super high schools that people try and get into. Like the ones in New York, it's like Stuyvesant and I think maybe either Brooklyn Tech or Bronx Tech. And these high schools, right, all their all their kids go to Harvard or wherever they want and uh, you gotta take a test to get in. And so conservative white people have been trying to, basically who want to attack. Okay, back up. So they got these fancy high schools. And like every year, they're trying to come up with some new way of selecting students because there's not enough black and Hispanic students. So basically, they're always trying to come up with some sort of affirmative action. And there's a t whatever, these schools are almost all Asian, I think. So white conservatives who don't like affirmative action are kind of like looking at Asians saying, hey, you know, will you be on the same side as us? Because, you know, it doesn't look so good when white people are against affirmative action. But if we can get a person, you know, if we get some people of color to be against affirmative action, you know, that's a little, uh, it's less unseemly. Then they're talking about Thomas Jefferson uh, High School in Virginia. It's the same thing. you got to take a test to get in. I believe it is the best high school in America. And they're having a big old fight right now about affirmative action. But here's the interesting part. There's so few black and Hispanic students there that, like, black and Hispanic parents are not the ones doing the fighting. It's white and Asian progressives versus white and Asian conservatives. Okay, Bronx Science was the name of that one high school. But anyways, okay, now now we can start saying, you know, here's some white people who are bad. So, like, what happens if you make the students in one of these high schools represent America? Well, you know, you'll get your 13% black, you get your 20% Hispanic, but you know what else you might get? You might get 60% white people. And Asians, you know, well, we'll set aside 10% for them because that's how many there are in America. So, you know, maybe affirmative action helps white people because uh, at Thomas Jefferson, anyways, it's 70% Asian currently. So that's interesting.
I guess if you take away that uh, racist personality thing from Harvard, you probably would lose a lot of white people, you know? You'd lose the black people, sure, but you lose a lot of white people, you know? If you're white, that might be what you really care about. Okay, now they're talking politics. So, in New York City, all these things that Democrats are trying to do to keep Asians out of the fancy high schools is making Asians not like Dem you know, not want to vote Democrat. And then he brings up the fact that in this last election, Asians voted for Donald Trump more than they've ever voted for any other Republican president. And also, so did Hispanics. And he brings up the point that Hispanics may not, they may not be the kind of racial group that you think they are. Like, people like to lump them in with black people and say, you know, these are the, these are the poor people that, uh, whatever, systemic racism is keeping down. But the real reason why the average Hispanic is, you know, poor is because a lot of, you know, there's a lot, a lot of them, a significant, a significant number of them are recent immigrants. You know, maybe they don't speak English. So, you know, every one of those is going to bring down the average. But in fact, the ones that have been here for a while, they're doing just fine. You know, they're, they're basically just like white people, I guess, demographically. And what Shu says is basically that uh, Hispanics are not being kept down like by white supremacy, the way that people want to say. Instead, they're integrating into white society just fine. And he mentions that Hispanics, right, they're trying to, the black indigenous POC, the BIPOC, right, they're trying to scrape Hispanics off. And the host, Jonathan Kay, he kind of lists off the people who have been scraped off already, which was like Jews, gays, and women. Wasn't too long ago, you know, being one of those made you special, but not anymore. Okay, well, I guess that's the end of me repeating their podcast, because their podcast ended. Uh, if you want a good podcast that's counter-narrative, or, you know, doesn't follow the narrative blindly, uh, Quillette, uh, Q-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E, check it out. Okay, well, thanks for listening. And if you're Asian, stop listening to this podcast. It's just going to make you more successful. Darn you. Darn Asians.